0: There's plenty of other stuff we could check in about, but uh, we should just jump right into we, our main topic. We have,
1: yes, and our main topic, uh, because of the lack of movies currently in theaters, we're sort of, sort of been winging it with discussion points. And, you know, about two weeks ago, the uh, famous David Lynch TV series Twin Peaks had its 30th anniversary. So I felt like it was appropriate to have a quick, well, not quick, a little discussion about the show because you and I are both pretty big fans of this show. Would you say that this is your favorite thing David Lynch has ever done?
0: Okay, so it's complicated. Let's Okay. How about we begin with our personal history with Twin Peaks? Like where we came into the series? Okay. And that. So, do you want to go first or should I?
1: I feel like you should go first because sure. I feel you definitely started before I did. Yes, but...
0: Okay, so we both started late. Uh, yes, very from right From a certain As point in within of the
1: year. last two years, late.
0: Yeah, I, We did not
1: start until the entirety of The Return had aired.
0: Yeah, so I have been a fan of David Lynch for a while. The Drive, great. And surprisingly enough, it's the only one of his films that I am like super, super a fan of, if that makes sense. Right? Like, I like... Eraserhead, I like Blue Velvet and I those films deserve a rewatch that I have not given them yet. Um, okay. But my f- I will
1: say both of those I just quick tangent. Yeah. Ironically enough, the only thing I haven't rewatched is mahalan Drive.
0: Interesting. I've seen I,
1: Eraserhead and Blue Velvet 3 times.
0: I've probably seen oh. mahalan Drive 4 times. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Including in, in a theater. I watched it at the Loft earlier this year. So.
1: Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, movie theaters. That was another thing that was uh, open this year. That's a thing. That's a thing.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: <sighs> yeah, so uh,
0: I just, like the idea of David Lynch before I watched Twin Peaks was just this kind of eccentric man who made really weird movies. And I loved Mulholland Drive and that's about, that's about it, right? And... I heard a ton about The Return. I heard it was great. And I was like, I should watch this. And I began an odyssey to watch uh, the original series of Twin Peaks, which I did. But I skipped most of the middle of season two when it people generally consider to be kind of People consider and is lesser quality than the rest yeah. of the, the series,
1: right? It it, it it is. So you there's a good chunk of episodes you haven't even seen. Yes.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: It was, Part of I was wants just you to so, watch them, but yeah.
0: yeah. I was so eager to get to the return that I didn't have time for anything that was notorious for being of lesser quality. Yeah, that's fair. And that Lynch had essentially disowned himself. And I was yes. in it for Lynch, not for Twin Peaks. Well, and okay, well, let me continue. So (laughs) that there's a weird thing that twin peaks is just weird. I don't know how to like, I don't know how to properly express the fact that when I'm thinking about it after the fact, a few years after I've watched the original series, I, I think of it as like, what did I even like about that? At the same time, I think about Dale, I think about the coffee, I think about all the people in the town. And I can't uh, really remember much of the original series. Um, I can't really remember much of any of the specifics, but all I remember was just this this wonderful little feeling of David Lynch is directing a quirky little uh, mystery, melodrama uh, thing. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I need to rewatch the original run of Twin Peaks. I really do need to. I couldn't this time around, and I didn't want to even start. I'm
1: surprised you got through the entirety of the return.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. because like I, I started the return and I literally couldn't stop. And it, I it, knew that it if it. I started the pilot of the original run, that I would feel invested and want to continue. And I didn't mm-hmm. really have time for that. But um, I honestly couldn't tell you the first time I watched Fire Walk with me. Um, it was around that time, although I might have watched it before? I don't know. And Firewalk with me is great. I it still boggles my mind that people thought it was trash when it first came out because it's clearly admit, a well-made movie. I didn't movie. like it.
1: No, but it's a well-made movie. But it's not trash. No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You read some of the reviews and you think that this is the worst thing people have called it one of the worst things Lynch has ever done and like this is nowhere close to dune. What the fuck are you talking about?
1: Yeah, um, it's weird. Because I, I always feel bad when I read, you know, uh, interviews with Lynch about this whole movie Mm -hmm. because he was really proud of this movie and still is really proud of this movie. I just feel bad that so many people disowned it as badly as they did.
0: Yeah. And I think the return especially helped people. It it had a bit of a revival that, and then it was released by the criterion collection. So a lot of people have been revisiting firewalk with me and it's gotten Mm -hmm. some more attention recently.
1: Yeah. Um, It's, it's everyone who I know who's seen it holds it into very high regard. It's just, I also really uh, recommend the review on it on red letter media. Yeah. It's a great episode.
0: It's just the thing with fire walk with me is that it's such a singular movie. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a horror film that is unlike any other horror film Mm -hmm. that it's, you know, it's about the final days of Laura Palmer. And there are moments in it that are what I would consider to be like pure cinema where sound and image are being used in harmony to create, oh a God. Feeling. the
1: last like the last like five minutes. But
0: that. And then I always remember the when um, Mike drives yeah. up when Mike drives up next to them on the road. Just chaos. And they're honking and it's just noise and everything. And if you step out of the anxiety of that moment, you realize uh-huh. how perfectly Lynch has brought together the elements of cinema to create that feeling it's incredibly effective the entire film yeah um i guess that's just my general thoughts on fire walk with me but um yeah what are what is your experience with twin peaks
1: well my experience was uh i you know i liked david lynch i i liked The head i had gone through mulholland drive and blue velvet and right around that time is where you were just constantly telling me to watch twin peaks and I looked at it, I'm like, eh. I had a weird aversion to older television at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, the only th- old shows I liked were Frasier. I don't know what it is. I was I liked old movies, but old TV, there's just something I didn't enjoy about it. Um, But you had bugged me, and bugged me, and bugged me to watch The Return. I'd, I'd never seen praise so unanimous for one single thing as I did with The Return that it just this curiosity just overpowered me and i knew that i had some shit to get through but i really really loved the first season and i went through the entirety of the sh- like first season in like 3 or 4 days and then i got to the second season and it starts off pretty good and then you learn how laura palmer dies and then you're like there's still 10 episodes left and I- at that point it took me about 4 months to get through 10 episodes because I, unlike you, I watched all of it. Because you kept telling me, just go to the last two or three. Just go to the last two or three. And I thought, no, he, this is a show. I need to see all of it. And I can safely say none of that shit matters. It's never brought up again after like the last two or three episodes. It can be skipped entirely. Um, and then I get to the last few episodes of the season. And I'm like, oh, this is actually amazing again. Uh, and then I finally watched Firewalk with me after about a month or two later. I think it's decent, not amazing. I thought it was kind of unnecessary at the time. Um, and then I finally got to The Return. And I'm like, I will always remember when I watched The Return because I watched all 18 episodes over the course of two days. And over those two days, I would go to Starbucks like three times a day because I always had to be drinking coffee while watching this. And I, oh, th- I mean, you know, I really, really like the first season. I think it's just as good, if not a little worse than the return, but barely. I enjoy the quirkiness of it. I love Dale Cooper. I love the world of Twin Peaks. I love how melodramatic, but also kind of horrifying it is. I honestly think you, if you're gonna rewatch anything, I think you should rewatch the last episode of season two. Because I think that's oh, yeah. right where he starts to go into the more Fire Walk With Me crazy side of Twin Peaks. The last episode the last, of
0: season two is just generally considered to be one of the better things about Twin Peaks, just in general.
1: Yes, the f- last 20 minutes are just crazy. And then Fire Walk With Me, when I watched it again recently, I actually liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I still don't necessarily find it super necessary, but it's very well done. Um, See, the thing but, with
0: Fire Walk With Me is that it's
1: you you can't
0: think of it as necessary cuz i would yeah. agree i would agree with the sentiment that it's not necessary but the point is that it is it's the thing with prequels and the thing yeah. that doesn't work with a lot of prequels is that they try to make themselves necessary in a way that yeah you inherently can never do like the star wars prequels could never make themselves necessary because the original was just perfect in its own right and you never needed it in the first place, right? Yeah. And yeah. the thing with the only prequel I can really think of at the moment is Better Call Saul. And the thing with that is that it's it's like, like Fire Walk With Me. Yeah. It's
1: a character study through and through. You know exactly yes. what's going to happen.
0: And, but and it's that about is how.
1: Why, yeah, and that's why when I was watching it the most recent time, I was actually a lot happier with it because i thought okay this isn't a twin peaks movie this is a laura Palmer movie and i'm okay with it's
0: a it's a very different thing
1: yes uh but yeah you know I, i i love the original series i think it's great uh it's quirky it's funny it's strange it's it still holds up in a lot of ways but the return is just something completely different and a year and a half later and I'm watching it again for the second time, I still I still can't put into words why I like this so much.
0: All right, so general, I'm going to say my general thoughts on Twin Peaks, The Return. Um, but let, let's just say that Twin Peaks, The Return, is a continuation of the story of Twin Peaks, which is a small town in uh, Washington, in rural Washington. There's a girl named Laura Palmer, Palmer is murdered, and... Special Agent Dale Cooper arrives from the FBI to investigate her murder. That's what the first series, the original run, is based around. And the return is based around the idea that at the end of the second season, Dale Cooper is put inside of a the Red Lodge. this The Black Lodge. The Black Lodge, right? And yep. the Black Lodge... And his evil doppel, doppelganger, who's possessed by the evil demon Bob, is out in the world. And that's how the the season... That's how Twin Peaks ended for the longest time.
1: 25 years ago. And, and almost, all I can think about is uh-huh. how unfortunate it must have been for the diehard Twin Peaks that, fans that died <laughs> yeah. before the return came out. That's sad. Uh, it's, it's sad to think about. But Moment of yeah. silence. Moment of silence for the... Di- Twin Peaks fans who didn't live to see the return.
0: But the thing about the return is that the return is a very different thing than the original Twin Peaks, and yet it is very it's similar so at the same different. time. It's so different. It and, has the
1: same tone, yeah, and the same weirdness, and the same. I don't. I don't want to say horror elements to it, but it's when more you horrifying. really look at what the return is about and what happens, it's almost a completely different show.
0: It's a different show. With the same characters in some of it. Emphasis on some of it. Um,
1: some of it, yes. Yeah, so because the return it, is yeah.
0: Dale Cooper is, he is trying to get out of the Black Lodge and return to Twin Peaks to save Twin Peaks from the evil forces that are trying to, to do things. That's about as simple as you can get. It's
1: It really is. And there's a lot of moving parts. Right. Um, But what I find so fascinating about this is kind of like the Fargo show. uh, This is kind of like a greatest hits of everything David Lynch has done. It kind of is. There are so many different characters and situations and shots that you're like, oh, that reminds me of Inland Empire. Oh, that reminds me of Eraserhead. Oh, that's a little bit of Blue Velvet. But it never feels like a straight reference. And I don't know. It's just something so massive and so strange. And then, because, you know, when I think about everything I love about Twin Peaks, The Return has none of it. (laughs) It has a little. It has, has like, moments. Brief glimpses of it. Yes. And because, like, of of all the Twin Peaks characters, my favorite is by far Dale Cooper. And he's in this, the entire 18 hours for maybe... 40 minutes
0: (laughs) he's in the first two episodes where he's mostly silent and just Mm -hmm. walking around and then he's in the last two episodes spoilers where i feel like it's pretty widely known now that because there was a big backlash not a backlash but people were like when is dale cooper coming back we want dale cooper god damn it and it's now fairly widely known that he doesn't actually return to the show until the very end and we only really get Dale Cooper for a few scenes, and then something something happens and we get a yes, get another Dale Cooper. There's many Dale Coopers in this,
1: yes. and the last and the Dale Cooper in the last episode is like a mixture. Yeah, he's not entirely Dale Cooper, but he's enough Dale Cooper. And let's just get right into it. Yeah, uh, so
0: okay, I just want to state, I don't know what you're gonna do, but uh, state the general opinion of it. Because my
1: opinion is different than yours of The Return. What, of what? Of The Return? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's okay it's not what I expected. It's not what I knew I wanted. But now going back and seeing it, I'm, I, I love every second of it. So many of the things that when I watched it the first time kind of perplexed and almost angered me, I've come to love about The Return. Specifically, Dougie. <laughs> so... The
0: return is—it's such a weird thing because Lynch <laughs> thinks of it as a movie, but which it's, it's not. Yeah, it's so clearly not. Yeah, but I was thinking about it on Letterboxd because I was gonna log it, and I was like, "What am I giving Twin Peaks? What is the score?" And I feel like. Watching Twin Peaks this second time around, I was disappointed with the fact that it was not as euphoric of an experience as when the first time I watched it was.
1: The Return? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, there was something about watching the original series all the way through Fire Walk With Me and then The Return. And The Return is just something so special after having watched all of that after having spent the time with the characters mm-hmm. that you are you're waiting for this release of of just your validation of your love of these characters and lynch only gives you little hints of of the original series here and there of like that's what your I payoff love finally about it, though no that's exactly it and yeah. the fact that i watched it by itself this time i think really did It didn't have the magic as much, Um, but that being said, don't take that as me saying it's any less good as it was before. It just was a different experience, if that makes
1: sense. Well, the thing is, um, ever since I've seen the original Twin Peaks, I do keep a lot of it retained in my brain. I watch a lot of clips and highlights and scenes. So when I was when I've, you know, been watching the return recently, I still have those original characters in my head, in my mind. You know, I know what they look like and feel like. Um, and that is what's so powerful about the return when you see just how much everything has changed. But I do agree that I love how this show teases you in so many like you would think. It, it's like when you're watching The Return, you get so little of the original Twin Peaks in every episode, and it's never the stuff you expect. Like the first characters you see, aside from Dale Cooper and Laura Palmer in the original Twin Peaks, it's fucking Jacoby. And I'm yep. like, I don't care about Jacoby. <laughs> and show me anyone with else. It starts with Jacoby. It, but it's then- a
0: it's a statement of of um, the philosophy of the show. We're not going to give you what you want. Just exactly.
1: But at the same time, that's kind of great because when I do get the things that I want, I'm so happy. Like, we, we don't get to see Bobby until, like, episode three or four.
0: No, and it's say, like
1: five. Oh, even later. It's it was later Cole than
0: I thought of. when I was watching. I was like, where the, where the hell is Bobby? Can I, can I
1: just say, though, going through it this time, I always mm-hmm. thought Dale Cooper was my number one character. Uh-huh. I love Gordon Cole. And I think a huge reason why the return is so great to me is there's so much more Gordon Cole.
0: I love Lynch's Gordon <laughs> Cole is like, a, that's a, a top 10 all time character. It ever.
1: is. And I was thinking about it earlier this year. Cause you know, I, there's a lot of movies where the directors act cameos. And for the longest time, I always thought, okay, you know, who's the best director actor. I love when Martin Scorsese acts. I think he's great in taxi no. driver. But I don't know uh, yeah. where you
0: pulled that out of, but he's great in
1: Taxi Driver. That's
0: not the point. He's in it for like five minutes,
1: but post. he's amazing in it. Okay, but, but, but you know, the best okay, director is
0: The answer is clearly Orson Welles.
1: But okay, yes, yeah. I, I, you're right, you're right. I apologize. Um, but he's one of those character or uh, those actors when I see him in a movie, I see the character, I don't see the actor. Unlike someone like Tarantino or Hitchcock. But then I was thinking about it earlier this week, and I'm like, no. David, it's David Lynch because Gordon Cole, it just, everything about Gordon Cole just kind of captures what is so funny and charming about David Lynch. We've discussed this before. He mm-hmm. may not be our favorite director, but David Lynch is one of the most entertaining directors outside of their own films. It, you can, the, the behind
0: the scenes features of, of David Lynch talking is just entertaining in and of its own right as much as any movie is
1: it's just like orson wells or spike lee where you're like i don't a hundred percent i'm not always on board with your filmography but you were just funny to listen to or werner herzog
0: well and, yeah i think with particularly with people like orson wells werner herzog and mm-hmm. lynch they all have very distinctive voices and yes that's also true. Like Orson Welles in particular, he has a kind of a more normal voice than most, but it's very deep and it has, is a good way of speaking. Lynch on the other hand is just, I don't know where he, he developed the way (laughs) he
1: speaks.
0: But it's just, it's so strange that it it matches up. Everything about David Lynch is on brand. Like the way he lives his life is just incredibly in line with the way he makes his movies and -hmm. the way they look. And I really appreciate that.
1: But yeah, what what's great about The Return 2 is that they take all the characters from the original Twin Beaks. And, you know, I'd say uh, most of them have pretty drastically changed, aside from Andy and Lucy. Oh. And can I just say, watching The Return again, I forgot that Michael Sarah was their son, <laughs> and I laughed so hard when I saw him. And that's the thing is that I think, okay, it's Mm -hmm. it's really hard to classify comedy. But if we're talking about my favorite comedy directors, David Lynch just makes some of the funniest stuff. And it's not overtly funny. But it's the way that David Lynch presents it, that it shouldn't be funny, but it is. Yeah. So one of the scenes
0: that so to continue from 20 minutes ago, my, my thoughts on the return. Is that I get annoyed sometimes, particularly with this this last viewing of The Return. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think it's a perfect piece of media. I think Lynch well, makes mistakes here and there. Here, That's the thing. Okay, and, i want to get into that. But go, okay. go ahead. But I, yes. I,
1: I have, yeah. But I think there's
0: genuine, like, he holds on scenes too long sometimes. He, he likes his languid, his slow pacing too much. Uh-huh. And I think he really could, in very specific moments, it's, it, most of the time, this is not the case. But I just, like, when I think about the return, there were moments when I was watching it that I was like, this is, this is good. But this is not as, like, perfect as I remember it was. And then I get to the end of every episode. And then I look back on it. And <laughs> like, you know what? This may not be perfect in any way, shape, or form. But I do not feel morally correct. I do not feel good about myself giving it any less than five stars. I don't think you can. Like it's perfect it, in its in its imperfection, it, if yes, that makes sense. It is and, very it's yeah. so
1: unique. It really is unlike anything.
0: It's, you know, there's so there's a lot of movies that I think are greater than the sum of its parts that manage to overcome um any negatives about them yeah the thing about their turn is there's not that many negatives it, it's like minus uh like a little minus here and there but it's it's like if you start from a score of like 100 like every yeah. movie starts from 100 and i might take off five points here and there every episode um yeah. but then the the overall total score i'd be like hmm, i think about this and this is 200 percent good mm-hmm. right like something about the way he pulls it all together. And I think that has a lot to do with the, the amount of thinking and the amount of like cross referencing that goes into twin peaks that you can look at one point in the series and connect it to something else. And the thing about watching the return is it makes you feel like a detective yourself because you are, you are, you have like the clipboard of all these photos and people and you're trying to figure everything out and Lynch you don't always understand it you don't even necessarily understand it when you're done but you know that there is I, it gives you the implicit yeah. sense that there it is correctly made that everything is in its place and, and it's wonderful yeah. to have that just
1: comfort that was how i felt when i was watching the first time where i'm like i'm like 15 or 16 episodes in and i'm like what do i think of this i don't know and when i get to the ending and that final scene i just remember feeling a very, very, very deep... I had a very deep emotional reaction. And I'm like, I don't understand what just happened. I've been clueless for the past hour and a half, but I feel very strongly about what I just saw, and I have no idea why. And I think a huge part of it is the fact that this series pulls you in so many different directions. I just... Okay, so there's three main stories going on. There's Mr. C's Darkness, and... Okay, there's four, I guess. Mr. C's fucked-up crime shit that's happening. There is Gordon Cole trying to find Dale Cooper. There is Dougie. And then I feel like the people, the whole... Everything that happens in the town of Twin Peaks is kind of reflective of us. Because they're just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. (laughs) But I just want to say this, because... I agree with you in the sense that I don't think it all works, but I don't mind the stuff that doesn't work. But here is what the biggest like question I've always had is Mm -hmm. I can never tell when David Lynch is just being inept or he's purposefully making it this way.
0: So what, what do you mean? Give me a moment.
1: Okay. I'm not, I'll, I'll be very broad. The entirety of the series, mainly the stuff in las vegas there is a lot of things that just feel cheap to me i think the lighting in a lot of dougie stuff is really flat i think the camera quality is kind of bad there is an insane amount of time in this series where people are just making phone calls and talking on the phone and i'm like this is all like b-movie shit (laughs) like this isn't the work of a master but then you see stuff like episode 8 with the bomb going off and i'm just like i'm amazed at everything i'm looking at right now this is just gorgeous it's 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 amazing to look at it has amazing sound design it's creepy it's imaginative and then i just it's it's a show that can take you from a nuclear explosion with demonic lumberjacks planting bugs in little girls mouths and (laughs) crushing skulls and then we see fucking Dougie (laughs) Uh. and there, there are so many times when I was originally watching the show where I had to pause it and be like am I watching Twin Peaks right now what is going on but then by the end of it it all works itself out and I think this is the same thing that we've had both of us and Mm -hmm. i think most people who watch this i feel like the first 10 episodes maybe eight or nine i feel like everybody just hates the dougie stuff and there there just becomes a certain point where the dougie stuff is your it's it's refreshing it's your break from all the the creepiness and madness and terror where I'll see like Mr. C punch craters in people's face. But then I see the Las Vegas lighting and Naomi Watts and Dougie. And I'm like, Oh, I'm home. (laughs) Please.
0: Yeah. It's me here. The series is all about the juxtapositioning of the darkness and the light that pervades so much of Lynch's filmography. Yeah. That I, it's, here's the thing. It is very intentional. Everything, including the visual style that Lynch is using is intentional. And it yes. intentionally looks like a TV show, and we're gonna get into that eventually. Um, uh, but yeah. Twin Peaks is like I the watching it this time, this time around. I found myself loving some things that I didn't love the first time, and really noticing some things I didn't notice the f- first time. Right. Yeah. So I the The visual style I have been completely accustomed to, and it works for me. Um, it no, it I works think it actually it looks good in its own way.
1: It does, um, and that's the thing is that like so much of this, I'm like anyone else, I would hate this. I don't know why I like this. I'm. It's it works so well for just how uncomfortable the show is a lot of times, where it's you know it's almost a TV show. You're well, like okay, these
0: you you have this. The series begins. With footage from the old series, yeah, where it's I'll see you in twenty five years, mm-hmm. and surprisingly enough, they you do twenty five years later, Lynch revives it. Yep, um, and then you see, Dougie, not Dougie, uh, Dale, Dale Cooper, and Cooper. with the giant, mm-hmm. and that looks very cinematic in its black and white form. Oh yeah, it looks great.
1: All the stuff um, in the Black Lodge looks amazing, and yeah. the theater.
0: And then you go into the real world, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. and that looks like a TV show. It looks flat. It has very just kind of point and shoot kind of mentality to it sometimes. Yeah. Especially the
1: stuff with Jacoby at the beginning.
0: Yeah. But you, I think it's important that Lynch shows you the, the quality stuff first, like gives you a little taste of like, there's this supernatural world that is underneath all of this just kind of mundane reality. Yeah. And he uses this kind of flat image to just show you it's mundane reality, but you know, you have this implicit feeling throughout the entirety of the return that just something horribly awful is underneath the surface, but at the same time, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's he, he does so much with so little that and I still don't know how he does it. I really don't. And I would completely understand if someone were to see Twin Peaks and just be like, oh, this is dumb. I I don't agree, but I'm just like, it's so hard to, it's just so hard to put into words how I feel about this show.
0: One of the scenes that really bothered me this time around is, because okay. I have nothing but praises for the return, essentially. Yeah. It's just moments here and there that I felt like, come on, David, what are you doing? And this time around, I felt the Dougie stuff was... Excellent,
1: it's so much um, fun. It's so but goofy. Not, it's so lighthearted in a world of darkness. Yeah,
0: but not everything worked perfectly on the second run. And the yeah. the first scene, the first Audrey scene. Um, um, once you know where it's going, it is painfully long, in a way that some of the other scenes that are maybe a little yeah. too long. Not painfully long, they're fine. I'm okay with them. That Uh one in particular stood out to me as I was just watching it. Like, you are repeating dialogue, you are doing stuff. I get the point. Lynch, you have gone on too long. This that's the one point in the series that I was like pointing out. It's like this needed to be cut. I get it though. You
1: know, the the first time I saw it, I think I was just so happy to see Audrey again that I didn't care what was going on. I haven't gotten to that part yet. Yeah, but that's the problem. Yeah. Is that that doesn't oh, work I know. On, a, on a rerun. I know. Exactly. I know.
0: Um, yeah. But beyond that, there's other stuff that worked even better the second time around. The the, the sweeping the floor scene, the infamous yeah. just minutes of a guy sweeping the floor. I, like that went by in a flash for me. I loved it for some reason this time around. And then in particularly, as you said, Dougie. I I think that if anyone re-watches The Return, who didn't necessarily like Dougie the first time around, Dougie's the best part of the show.
1: Dougie's just fun. Everything about Dougie is fun. Because when you know where it's going, you can just sit back and relax. Because the first time, every time Dougie was on, I'm like, just come back, Dale. And I feel like everybody was feeling that. But once you know how long it takes for Dougie to resolve itself, you're like, "Oh, I'm enjoying this. This is fun. This is a lot of fun."
0: But yeah, but you look at some at Dougie's storyline, and there are multiple points of conflict, multiple journeys that characters around him go through. That it's amazing, like how much how much narrative goes around Dougie before it's, you actually get back. It's crazy that.
1: just how much plot happens to arguably the most passive character in TV history. Have you seen Being There, Hal Ashby's movie? No, with uh, Peter Sellers. Yeah, I have not. No,
0: I think you should see it. That's it's like the it's the clear inspiration for Dougie. Okay. Um, just kind of a blank slate, a tabula rasa character. Okay. Um, who is just doesn't say much, but a lot of people mm-hmm. project onto him, and he affects people's lives around him uh, positively.
1: Okay, so but, like Forrest Gump. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, but not an not a idiot. And not oh, annoying. Okay. Dougie's not an idiot though. He's very capable. <laughs> yes, he's just He slowed. took down that ice pick assassin. There's I don't know. Dougie was just oh. I love
0: that I love that stuff so much. It's and,
1: it's crazy to me that a character yeah. like Dougie, who does so little, is one of my favorites in the entire show. Yeah. He's so, all, and the most quotable, maybe because that's all he says is the same lines over and over. But call for help.
0: <laughs> I the the first that time jokes. when Dougie's in the casino, that's one of my favorite scenes. He's just walking around. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it goes on for so long too.
0: I love it. Every second of it, mm-hmm. it's great. Um. So yeah, I put together. A few to, to focus some of my thoughts. I put together my, my top ten moments from Twin Peaks the Return. So did I. Uh, oh,
1: good. Yeah, I did. I did. So But I didn't order them in rank, but I do have one that I think is the best. And I will tell you that right. when we get to it. I went in chronological order. So I had ten moments. Same. Uh three from the original series or four from the original series. Um two from the movie and then four from the return. Interesting.
0: So, in one of the th- the moments I think is underappreciated is not necessarily a moment that you know the roadhouse and then it has the weekly song being played. Yes. And I kind of felt an- not annoyed by that sometimes in the original run when I was watching it. I was just like, okay, uh, now it's I the will end. Of, say... it's, it's the end of the episode. Yeah, we're done now.
1: Except for the time where a full fucking Trent Reznor song is played in episode eight, right before it starts to get weird. An entire yes. Trent Reznor song. Yes. And I'm just like, do we need to see the entire song? <laughs> it's not a very good song and you're not doing anything crazy with the way it's filmed. That's one of my like. Oh, but uh,
0: it's about building the mood of. Yeah. Of and you can do it in two minutes. This doesn't
1: take five.
0: <laughs> yeah, This is true uh that that might be another moment where it's like you could cut a little of this yeah. you really could uh but i think the series out of all of the roadhouse moments of the oh, songs at the end yeah my favorite is at the beginning it's one of my oh. favorites of the show yeah um sorry to
1: to burst your bubble there do you know who i was going to say is the best song
0: no it's Ooh. james <laughs> no <laughs> You're
1: because, okay, I don't know if you saw the episode. Did you see the episode with James's song? Yeah. Okay. That is one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. It is such a bad song, and it is one of the worst scenes in the whole show. <laughs> and that's the power of the return. Because when I saw James take the stage, I'm like, oh, is he going to do it? And he did it. And I hate the song do still, it. but I was like, yes, James's song. And also, just a quick little tangent. Uh, uh-huh. In the beginning, in the first episode, where Shelly says James is always cool, I was just like, shut up, David Lynch. No, he wasn't. <laughs> oh. Everybody hates James. <laughs> really? No. I hated James. He okay, was the worst. So, in the return, he's great, though.
0: One of He's barely in the return. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so one of my favorite moments in the return, speaking of James is yeah. cool, is... <laughs> the end of that's actually the end of episode two yeah which i think the best song of the roadhouse series is shadow by chromatics um and uh, that's, yeah and the line is james is cool he's always been cool i actually really love, love that moment i do too um,
1: because it shows that david lynch really loves these characters even if that love isn't always justified
0: yeah and i think it's you know this time around you you pick up uh, pick up on things that you didn't notice the, the first time mm. and the end of the first episode is the giant listening he says listen to the sounds and then it it's the the gramophone and it plays a mm. little noise whatever i don't know how you begin to describe some of the noises that sound? david lynch creates
1: yeah, the, that's another thing. Just uh, this whole series, like the sound when the uh, the the lumbermen or whatever are crushing that guy's skull mm. and he crushes that skull for like five minutes. You know he's, David Lynch does
0: his own sound design.
1: Oh, I'm sure he does. Because he's got albums. The man's a musician. Yeah. But just a lot of the more horror sounds in this series are just just as horrific to hear as they are to see. It's terrible. but yeah, it's great. You know,
0: you listen to so the end of the first episode is listen to the sounds and then you're like, okay. On the first mm-hmm. run but on the second run, you're like, okay, maybe I should listen to what's actually being said in the songs that David Lynch is picking out. And I think the okay. most important of all of those songs is in the second episode, which is shadow. And, um, it's, um, ta- singing about like for the last time shadow, take me down with you. And it's just, it's a good song it puts you in like the mood for the series yeah. and it, i think it's the first time that i start like vibing like just like mm-hmm. sitting sitting back in my chair and like oh, i'm back finally mm-hmm. um so that's why i love that I love, that's my favorite of the roadhouse songs in the beginning mm-hmm. um perhaps one of the greatest moments in all of television all of television is the nuclear bomb sequence of episode? Yes.
1: Eight. It oh okay. This this is what I'm saying, where I'm like, okay, obviously the this is where I learned that the cheap aesthetic was intentional. Because just those few minutes of the bomb going off, it is sensory overload in mm-hmm. the best way. It is such a crisp image of such a horrible thing with just Anxiety-inducing violins, and it's it's probably the most nightmarish thing he's done. In a man who devoted his entire career to capturing the feel of a nightmare, yeah. it's probably the most terrifying thing he's done. And yep. it also there's another layer where you're just thinking, oh, people watch this on TV. <laughs> this isn't some weird art house thing that's only shown for two twice in a month. Millions of people waited between commercial breaks to see this for like 12 minutes <laughs> and it is terrifying it's great it's beautiful the miniature work the effects work oh yeah. my god wow. i don't even know how they did it i thought beautiful. it was all CG. Is it is it miniatures the i think the 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 shot
0: some stuff like the convenience store okay the i um, love the convenience store stuff the, that weird the time shot the opening shot yeah, yeah the, the opening shot of the camera going into the nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. I think some of that the 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 surface, the New Mexico landscape.
1: Uh uh-huh. it oh, okay. feels
0: more real than an actual CGI created environment, but I don't know.
1: It's funny uh. because I just watched that episode recently, and then, you know, it starts off really creepy with Mr. C being shot and the Woodsman reviving him. And mm-hmm. that's another nightmare sequence where the sound is just it's it's very terrifying and it's unsettling just the way that whole scene happens and it's the least scary thing in the whole episode
0: uh yeah i don't what could be said about episode eight that hasn't already yeah uh, you know
1: i it is a crazy episode and it is a great episode it's not my favorite episode and it's it's i i find it strange i think it's just because it's so out there that people think of it as like the holy grail of the return and again, I enjoy it, but it's not my favorite episode. See, I
0: have been so desensitized over the past two years to cinema that is like that. Yeah. Right? Like, I've seen plenty of out there movies and experimental stuff that episode eight is, I watch it now, and it's just kind of tame. Uh, it is. But for TV. Oh well, for TV, as someone who yeah. doesn't watch TV, I can understand the implications yeah. of broadcasting something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we mentioned it earlier. A, yeah, but call for help—another <laughs> one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Um, Mr. Jack so now, Potts. those are like three moments from the first half of the uh, the return. Yeah, and the rest are all from like the last couple episodes. Oh, the return. And I think okay. that's not to like diminish the impact of the first half of the series. Yeah, because I think the first they're great episodes, but they're building up, they're setting oh. up the mystery of the world. The the and the best the, you're waiting for the payoff.
1: Yeah, the the a lot of the appeal of the return is just how everything pays off in the last four episodes, and yeah. the fact that it takes so long to get there is kind of what makes it great. But the act of taking so long to get there is still really entertaining. But there's just these little moments sprinkled in that hint at something it's working towards. And that keeps you watching and it keeps you just on the edge of your seat. And it is... Are we... Okay. I've... Are we... Are we in agreement of what the greatest part of the entire return is?
0: I don't know. Do
1: you want me so what is your favorite mine? part of the return? This is my favorite part of the return and probably of the entire show. And that is I am the FBI.
0: And then the original theme plays and it's your home.
1: Oh my God. It, it's the, it is the, it's, it's probably the best payoff to anything. I don't know. I can't even explain to you how giddy I felt in that moment.
0: Here's the thing. I would – the emotion I felt the first time I watched that was a similar emotion where if you're like – let's say you're home for the holidays uh-huh. and some, and your, your significant other or a family member surprises you and they're suddenly home and you open the door and they're there. <laughs> That's the feeling. That's exactly the – like it's, no less. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, no. In fact, that might be under-exaggerating how magnificent I, this moment is.
1: I think it is – the closest thing I can probably describe it as you ever see those videos where there's parents and they have their children returning f- home from war and they surprise them and like they just show up in like their military outfits and the look of pure joy you see on the mother's face is just very infectious. Mm-hmm. That is the closest thing I can describe to this moment. Yes, and it, it- makes everything before it worth it. That moment alone, it could have been, I I don't know. I think that moment alone is what makes the entirety of The Return worth the hype. Because I feel like any other quote-unquote revival show would show you all of the shit from you're expecting to be revived in the first two or three episodes. And Twin Peaks takes its time, showing you little bits here and there, not necessarily in the best order of importance. But then it all leads up. To the magical moment where you're like, oh my God, Twin Peaks is back. And then you're like, oh, there's only two episodes left. <laughs> Here's, okay. Have you ever seen
0: The Lives of Others?
1: No, I haven't actually. Interesting. Okay,
0: you should. I think it's still on Netflix. It might not be though. Um, so The Lives of Others, it's a great uh, German film. And it's about um, a, like a secret police agent in uh-huh. East Germany who's listening in on this couple and who secretly like he starts relating to them and starts helping them uh, mm-hmm. um, avoid the being persecuted by the, uh, the communist government. Uh, and there's a moment in the end where he gets this recognition for yeah. like th- what he's done. Cause he hasn't done like what he's done is secret. Like he just, mm-hmm. he kept secret this good act that he did. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's this just kind of this euphoric moment of like, you're you're suddenly like happy because a good deed has been done, and that's all you need. Uh-huh. And I don't know why, but I just I was reminded of that when when Dougie wakes up and he, a you're reminded how good of a person Doug, uh, 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 Dale Cooper okay. is, but b he shakes the hand and he's like. You're a good he's... man, Bushnell Lawrence. I will not soon forget your your kindness. I'm like, yes, you're back, I... but you're also, you're such a, a wholesome person.
1: He is immediately Dale Cooper again.
0: He's immediately Dale Cooper. He's good. And that line in particular, where he's acknowledging what his boss, this insurance man has done for him before. Uh-huh. It's that's Dale It's like Cooper. the show is acknowledging the journey we just went through. It's not just erasing it with the appearance of Dale Cooper. Uh-huh. It's saying, "Hey, this all mattered. It was important. This yeah. good stuff happened here. Yeah, and now it's time to be with Dale Cooper."
1: Uh, can I just say, quick tangent? Uh, okay. Kyle McLaughlin has always been regarded as a pretty good actor, you know. But I think the return—he is just so good in the return. He's playing. Let's see four different roles
0: he plays dougie he plays dale cooper and he plays richard who's richard is he richard and linda
1: yeah okay so well that's okay he plays dougie he plays dale cooper he plays dale cooper in dougie because there's a little bit of just dougie before dale cooper became dougie it's only like a few scenes Mm -hmm. and then you have mr c and then you have richard and they're all so different (laughs) mr c okay so here i know okay i recently was reminded how much i love blue velvet i don't know the last time you've seen blue velvet it's been a while who do you think is scarier frank booth or mr c frank booth maybe i don't know because i i just saw i watched both of these recently and there is just something that is so terrifying about mr c see
0: miss see the thing about the return is that it's fantastical in a certain Uh way and that it it provides a little distance between me and Mr. C. Uh There's not that much difference between Frank and me. That's true. Watching blue velvet.
1: That's true. Uh, But yeah, that would you consider that your favorite part in the entire series or the return?
0: See, that's the thing. It's, I think I might just have like a tie for every, every moment that made me feel something, but that Uh that's probably if it's not number one, it's number two.
1: What was your other one then?
0: I don't know. <laughs> so there's there's a few moments. I'm just going to kind of rattle them off. Yeah. Um,
1: I was still got to go through mine, so we should hurry this up.
0: There's uh, uh, We Are Like the Dreamer Who Dreams oh. and then Lives Inside of a Dream. That scene is one of my favorites. Yes. Where, where Lynch has his little dream.
1: And- Again, Gordon Cole. Yes. So great. Oh, he's such me- a funny kid. While well,
0: I'm here, the, one of the things that annoyed me the first time around was the French woman scene where he has this French woman over and it yeah. takes forever to get out of the room. <laughs> and then I just was dying of laughter the second time I watched it. I was like, this is great. I love it. It's so David
1: Lynch. <laughs> oh, wait. Are you talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. Are you talking about the woman who can't find the keys to the dead woman's house or apartment? No. Because no. that part made me laugh the first. The first time I watched it, I'm like, what is going on? But watching it this time, I'm like. Cause you know, the cops show up cause she calls the cops. They show up They try to get a key to get into the apartment. And she's like, Oh, the lady's gone. And then they go to the maintenance worker for the key and the maintenance worker doesn't have the key. And then the lady's like, Oh wait, I have a key. And you're like, you spent five minutes opening this door and it doesn't pay off in any way, but it's just funny.
0: Yeah. That's all it is. No. Remember David Lynch. Um, I'm going to say David Lynch, but I mean, Gordon Cole. I yes. You know, they're essentially uh, the same Albert, person. Albert comes in. He wants to tell him something, but there's the woman in there with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's... Anyway, so... Um, yeah, we all like the Dreamer who Dreams. Another... Uh, this is an underrated moment. Um, episode 15 might be one of my favorite, like an underrated best episode.
1: Well, that's where Dale Cooper comes back, isn't
0: it? No, it's 16. Oh, okay. But um, 15, uh, Norma and... Norma and Ed oh, finally get together. That's so and that's, awesome. That's probably like the moment of release for every Twin Peaks fan of the original series. Yeah. Because after agree. that, you don't get much of the original cast. Yep. You do, but not as... That's that's probably the, the most euphoria, the most uh, conclusiveness you get out of uh, the original so Twin Peaks series.
1: It's, it's nice that they had one storyline that was untainted by this evil.
0: Yeah. And it works she's, out. And it's great. It's you, you're with him. There's this song, um, I've been loving you for so oh. long, blah, 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 blah. Anyway. And then they get to, he was like, Will you marry me? And she's like, Yes. And then it cuts to like shots of nature, like the clouds billowing. Mm-hmm. The way Lynch has edited this has made the moment seem like it's the greatest thing in the history of mankind. <laughs> right. Like it's, like yeah. God himself is letting Norma and Ed finally get together, and it's wonderful. But
1: that's the thing is that he's just as infatuated with this more romantic, wholesome stuff as he is with a a, a little person with an ice pick. And that's what makes it so magical.
0: <laughs> Ike the Spike, that's an underrated character.
1: <laughs> when he kills the first woman. And the spike is in her stomach and he wriggles ah. it around. I'm just like, oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> and
0: then he break, the spike gets bent and he looks and, so sad about it.
1: Okay, so I was watching this recently and that part happens and I'm like, oh, God. And then he, he the way he looks at the spike for a minute, I was like, oh, <laughs> The <His laughs> spike is broken. <laughs> I felt uh, bad.
0: <laughs> David Lynch is up there with the coen brothers with just making throwaway characters really interesting
1: oh oh god but that's okay the the biggest laugh i had in that episode is when the credits rolled and they said his name is ike the spike and i'm like of course it is
0: (laughs) oh
1: ike the spike
0: so (laughs) episode 15 also has the death of the log lady
1: uh R.I.P. Every scene she's in is just so tragic because you know the actress was so close to death at the time. Yeah, uh, but that she... that
0: ending where she's like, "My log is turning
1: gold." Yeah, it gets to me nice. every time. It still it's holds just... power. Yeah. for me. Uh, Ugh, sad.
0: I'm gonna do. Okay, so Audrey's dance episode, the end of episode 16.
1: Yes. Uh, oh. Oh yeah. Especially, the, oh god, the fear that she has on her face when the fight breaks out. Oh god, it breaks my heart. And then if, that's you know. that's
0: one of the moments where the kind of cheap style of Twin Peaks, it's still yeah. the cheapness of the visuals, but it also it suddenly becomes very cinematic. Yeah. With the purple lighting on her and the way she's dancing, it's some yeah. of the best shots in the the show.
1: Yeah, um, I agree.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, episode sixteen. When the Mitchum brothers are the The Mitchum the the fight. The, uh, so Chantel and what's his name? Um, that's Tim Roth. They're hanging outside of Dougie's house and this whole thing happens and the insurance guy pulls up is like, I'll move your car. That might be like, I don't understand. It's just one of the greatest scenes. I love it so much. It's funny. It's out of nowhere. And then oh, when um, no. the Mitchum brothers turn to each other, it's like, what kind of neighborhood is this? And it's like, people are under a lot of stress lately, Bradley. <laughs> that line gets to me every time.
1: It's, oh my God, a similar one. Um, it, I don't remember what episode it is. I I don't remember. Cause I haven't seen it in a while. I just watched the, the scene. Uh, Wilson, how many times have I told you this is what <laughs> we do in the FBI? <laughs>
0: David Lynch really <laughs> yeah. is. This is a good comedy. The Return is a He's good comedy. It's
1: hilarious. Yeah. Every David Lynch movie, even the scariest ones, have some genuinely really funny moments. That moment in particular reminded me of the Hey Paul thing from Eraserhead. Do you remember that oh, yeah. bit? Oh, God. It's just you never expect the comedy to come when it does. And when it does, it's just so outrageous. It just kills me. So I have two moments left, but I'll save them for later. So what, what are yours? Should I go through? I'll, I'll be quick. So yeah. in chronological order, start with the return or the beginning. Uh, I, I love the way Pete delivers the line. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. <laughs> it's quotable. I love Pete. He's my favorite pre-return character. It immediately sets the tone for just how weird they, how awkward and strange they treat this morbid su- subject matter. Um, when they're outside in the original series Dale Cooper and the other police officers I don't remember what they're doing but Dale Cooper takes a sip of his coffee spits it out and goes damn good coffee and hot <laughs> just makes me laugh because I'm like it's, I'm amazed he pulled off a line that stupid uh, another Pete moment there was a fish in, in the, percolator. the percolator I love Pete he's my favorite and I'm sad that he died before the return But yes, uh, the ending to season two, like the last 20 minutes when he's in the black lodge and how's Annie and he hit him hitting his head in the mirror, crazy stuff. Um, Laura's ascension at the end of firewalk with me, Mm. just that's where it clicked with me the second time watching I'm just like, Oh, this is, I don't know this. He gives so much importance to this event. It's just, ugh, uh, and then yeah, like we discussed before when Mike confronts Leland in Firewalk with me. Mm. just using mm-hmm. every element of filmmaking to just make you uncomfortable. Now as for the return stuff, I'm gonna add one real quick just because I think it's great. Uh, when Bobby does his police work with the Sit kid, I love Bobby in the return. Bobby is one of the most annoying characters in the original show, but he's, oh my God, every scene with him in the return. He's just so he's aged so well, both inside and out. The moments he has where he reminisces about major Briggs are just so heartwarming. His he's a great police officer. And that's, it's a nice to see that little shitty kid become a great police officer and a great man. And it's heartbreaking yeah. that Shelly couldn't do the same. Um, Mr. Jackpots we've discussed. Uh, this is a moment <laughs> from a littler, a smaller moment from. Uh, oh, the, okay. What?
0: Before we move on, I'm sorry. One of my so wholesome is when the old woman comes to thank Dougie, Mister Jackpots. Oh remember? yeah! And the piano music slows down.
1: It's so nice. It's uh,
0: there are moments where David Lynch gets so sappy and so wholesome that it works only because he's so there's earnest. nuclear bombs and people's <laughs> head exploding. Like I, it works because of the juxtapositioning of those two things. Yeah, I and agree. It's that's one of my when she thanks that's another moment of a character thanking another character mm-hmm. that really gets to me. I was just like,
1: it's so, there's there's you almost forget about her
0: here. Yeah, that's really beautiful to see.
1: And uh, just another, well, just to go on the I am the FBI scene again, is that um, another huge part of why that scene is so impactful, because you're so happy to see Dale. But I'm also kind of ha- sad to see Dougie go. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, a really always tall- happy to
0: see the the uh, Sunset Boulevard clip that reawakens him, Gordon. Oh Hull. yes,
1: yes. Oh god, that's another thing. Watching for the first time is you see all these little things like him taking his first sip of coffee, him putting on a suit, him looking at a gun. You're like, is he gonna remember? Is he gonna remember? And then he doesn't. Um, but that's really only a first time thing. Um, again, really small moment from episode four or five, I think. is when Dougie takes the coffee that was meant for Frank, that guy who works at the insurance thing, and they start the meeting and Frank looks at the intern he's like, where's my coffee? And the guy's like, oh I gave it to Dougie. He really wanted it. And the guy just looks pissed and he's like, uh, I have a green tea instead. You can have that. He's like I don't want a green tea. And then there's a beat and the guy's like, I'll give it here. And he takes it and he looks at it so suspiciously and he takes a sip and there's (laughs) a face. He loves it. (laughs) And I'm like, this is two minutes. This is a whole two minutes devoted to something that could easily just be shrugged off. And that's why it's great. It's just funny. It's dumb. I love the guy's performance. Um, yeah, I am the FBI. Greatest moment in the show, in my opinion. And uh I love the ending of the return. Yeah. The so last like let's, scene.
0: Let's now get into just just as briefly as possible, which might not turn out to be briefly, the the greater meaning behind twin peaks, the return.
1: Okay. And cause I don't is this think really it's going to bring up your, your analysis on the four hour video.
0: Yeah. So what okay. is this four hour video that we're talking about?
1: Okay. So there's a YouTube channel called twin. The- what is it? Twin something. Yes. <laughs> okay. The point is if you're a fan of twin peaks and you've watched twin peaks stuff on YouTube, odds are you've been recommended this video. It's a four and a half hour long video where some guy essentially breaks down his interpretation of Twin Twin Peaks. Twin Perfect. Twin Perfect, yes. He essentially breaks down his interpretation of Twin Peaks based on not only stuff in the show, but behind-the-scenes information present in articles, Uh, a lot of stuff David Lynch has gone on record saying, things from David Lynch's life, his autobiography or his biography or whatever, it's honestly, whether or not you believe what he says, it's a very impressively assembled analysis. Oh, certainly. It certainly It's four and a half hours long. If you're a fan of the show, watch it in bits. I don't necessarily agree with a lot, but I can understand where he's coming from for a lot. And to distill this theory is that he essentially believes that Twin Peaks is about a town called Twin Peaks, That is in a TV show that doesn't know that it's in a TV show. It's a meta, it's a show that is a meta examination of TV as a medium. That's the broadest strokes I can paint it in. So let me explain what
0: I think is very interesting about David Lynch's work and in particular, The Return.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I was trying to put this into words, and what the best I came up with is that. Every piece of media you watch has a narrative to it. Yes. This is the textual narrative. So you are you're watching Star Wars and Luke Skywalker goes with Obi-Wan Kenobi and they go on an adventure. That's the textual narrative. That's what that's what's happening in the narrative of the film, right? Mm-hmm. And then there is the thematic or meta narrative that's what's happening behind that's the th- that's the thematic undercurrent the metaphorical narrative that could be happening elsewhere so with the original Star Wars it's the hero's journey that it's uh-huh. based off of with something like um avatar the the big one yeah, uh, yeah that's a the meta the metaphorical narrative behind that is the Native Americans versus the European colonizers. Right? Mm-hmm. Snowpiercer is a metaphorical narrative about climate change and classism and stuff. Yeah. Right? That's that's a meta-narrative. And then David Lynch does something very interesting that I don't think many other directors have ever done.
1: Or even attempted.
0: And I'm gonna call it the It's just disappeared on me. But it's it is the meta-textual narrative. Okay. And by that it is where the actual text the plot of the film is influenced by the meta and thematic narrative of what's going on
1: well there's definitely a lot of allusions to what happened to twin peaks behind the scenes especially in the return but the thing with the return is that you cannot understand
0: here's the the simplest way of understanding what a meta textual narrative is You can't understand what's happening in the movie until you understand what's happening in the thematic realm. Yeah. So you need one in order to unlock the other, Mm -hmm. which I think is very interesting. And you have movies like um, Synecdoche, New York is Uh, kind of like that. Um, A movie like Inception, the very end of Inception, it becomes a... a meta-textual narrative, yeah, yeah, um, right. Close up by Abbas Kiarostami. Yep. That's a meta-textual narrative that where is, the text and yeah. the the thematics are intertwined into yeah. actuality. Um, so, I think it it is safe to assume, it's safe to say that for certain, whether or not you believe that Twin Peaks is about a television show that doesn't realize it's a television show, it is about a alternate version of reality that people are stuck in i agree you can call it tv or you can call it something else but that is exactly what twin peaks is and, and a
1: lot of the characters come to grips with this understanding that their reality is not their reality right and some characters know dale cooper they're... i feel is the most obvious bridge between the realities um the dream logic not only in the way that it's presented but the allusions to dreams Mm -hmm. let you in on it um but i think the main takeaway is when you understand just the obsession that david lynch has with the contrasting of light and dark a lot of what is present in twin peaks and especially the return becomes a lot easier to digest i think yeah so digest not explain Because I don't think this will ever be true. I don't even think David Lynch knows 100% what is going on.
0: Yeah, I think if you look at that four-hour analysis of Twin Peaks, a lot of the stuff I think that I got annoyed with some of it because I thought it was reaching. Oh, it definitely reaches. You are are phrasing this in a specific way to make it fit more than it does.
1: Also, let's just not completely – let's not – ignore the fact that he brushes off a lot of what's happening plot wise in the return as just misdirection. And yeah, I'm like, and I, okay, that's such a lazy way to explain so much of what is happening.
0: Right. So what I think he is doing, which part of it, what bugged me is that he wasn't upfront about that. He is, well, he, he, he is exploring the thematic, the meta narrative. Yeah. He isn't trying to explain the actual narrative of the film. Yeah. Because I think there is both of those. I think there are both of those in there. Yeah. Um,
1: And the way that they intertwine is where it starts to get really confusing.
0: Yeah. um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, right. So I think David Lynch as a person throughout his filmography has shown that he is very consistent. And that he puts himself into his work. And that David Lynch is very much a a spiritual person. He's a person who grew up with the light and the dark.
1: Transcendental meditation.
0: Yes. He grew up with the light and the dark. He grew up with television and all of this. The reason why Twin Peaks works as well as it does, The Return, is not because all this was necessarily planned out, but just because David Lynch creates something so David Lynch. It cannot help but be interconnected in a certain way that is him.
1: Yes. Uh, Yeah, I do agree because I think that, you know, regardless of what you think about David Lynch or his movies or, you know, you can challenge him all you want. I think David Lynch is one of the most genuine filmmakers ever. He is uncompromising in his vision. Everything he puts onto the screen he believes in. And it doesn't always work but you can feel the passion there and the emotional connection he has with his work that even in the most, even in the slower parts, the more teeth gritting parts, it's still pretty enjoyable.
0: Yeah. So I don't know how you feel about Twin Peaks and the return in general, but I think it's a fairly straightforward narrative. The more I think about it, It it's, it's, it disorients you the first time you're watching it, but I don't yeah. think it's as kind of nonsensical or incoherent as people originally thought it was. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot. So let's get into the final episode, which is a complete departure from what came before. It,
1: it's, it's, it is the most baffling episode in the entire series, and I don't think I'll ever understand what's going on.
0: I think it's important that we look at Mulholland Drive as a piece of David Lynch's filmography and that he is so consistent with everything that he's done. Yep. And that Mulholland Drive is a narrative where most of the film you're going along with one story and then it changes realities and you see a recontextualization of that reality. Yeah. And I think one of the things that really works so well with Twin Peaks is that David Lynch understands the idea of revisiting, of recontextualizing moments. An example would be, in the very beginning of the series, we see the two people watching the box, the ex- this experiment. We have no idea what's happening. And then oh, they get God. killed by this evil entity that appears in it, right? Mm-hmm. And then an episode or two later, um, we revisit that same scene. and But this time, we see... It's uh, Dale Cooper is floating into that box. Mm -hmm. And we cut out and we see, oh, that's the moment when they left the room. Right? We are, are, David Lynch is showing us the same thing again. But this way we have a new understanding of what came before. And what I particularly love about that scene is the question that is posed in the beginning of the series and the end of the series. Is it past... yeah. is it future or is it, past? or is it past yep and that's that's the first hint like the setup of the yeah. end of the series is is yeah. set up in that in one of those moments those throwaway moments where it's like you're you're seeing this moment where dale cooper is floating into that box and you're like yeah. wait a second we already saw this where are we in the timeline is it exactly are we back then
1: or are it, we now Especially at the beginning when Laura Palmer asks him that question, you know, if he's ready to go back and the is it future is it past? and the the second he decides to go back is when Laura Palmer disintegrates. I definitely saw that as the show telling you that this is not what it was. and it can't be what it was mm-hmm. and it has to become something new. And I think that whole examination of not understanding if it's future or is it past definitely sheds some light on that scene where it's just a close-up of Dale Cooper looking into space superimposed over the <laughs> climax, which was probably the most baffling thing I saw in the first time watching it. I was just like, wait, what is going on? And it's still really unsettling, but I do think the return more than any other thing in Twin Peaks is more metatextual. Yeah, Because it works with people's preconceived understandings of what twin peaks is and works against that while also working towards it yeah that's what makes it so unexplainable well
0: i think you could also let's let's take another moment of of recontextualization because i think that's what's happening at the end of the show yeah at the at the very end the last moment of the series is laura Laura is now Carrie Page in this alternate reality and they have just knocked on the door and they've gotten no answers. And uh-huh. Dale is confused as to what's going on. And Laura looks up at the house. She hears her the name being called Laura and uh, she screams. Uh-huh. And the lights, the electricity shuts out, all the lights go off and the series is ended. And I, I think it's Quite obvious that this moment happened before in the series. And it happened
1: before the return?
0: No. It happened like this exact version this this what happened is okay. So earlier <laughs> in the season, in episode 15, yes, Dougie is listening to the, the television. Yeah, everything's fine, and then he hears the name Gordon Cole, mm-hmm. and he sticks a fork. He remembers something. Sticks a fork in a wall socket. Janie E screams, and the scene ends with the electricity going out. Okay, this is an exact mirror of the last final ed- moments of the season of the series. Okay, yeah, and so in that contextualization, I don't necessarily know exactly what is going on at the end. But I think you have to interpret it as if the series is some kind of dream, which we have been led to believe this weird alternate reality, that the end of the series is Laura Palmer recognizes, here's her name, Carrie Page, here's Laura. She recognizes it, screams, and then the dream collapses in on, on itself. The electricity mm-hmm. shuts off and the seat in the series is done. Like if Dougie in that previous moment, Dougie wakes up from his dream after that, right. Mm-hmm. He, and he becomes his real self, Dale Cooper. Yeah. So this is Carrie page realizing who she is and the show can no longer continue. Carrie page realizes that she's Laura. She may even realize that it is a, a fabricated reality and it collapses in on itself the electricity dies the electricity okay. which symbolizes that's, that's
1: very pessimistic the supernatural ending. Sad ending.
0: Actually, I actually think it's it's a positive ending oh. but it maybe it's just because think of, of how it, great
1: she is at screaming yeah
0: think of it as like this is the i know people finished the return and they're like let's get a fourth season of twin peaks and it's i watched the ending. end of the return and I'm like this is the end there's yes. nothing after this that i agree It feels finite and I think if like the electricity shuts off Carrie page realizes everything that's David Lynch essentially saying that like there's no more energy in this in this show that the we have woken up from this dream finally that it's irrevocably different. Uh, Yeah. And I don't know the finality of that the it is kind of sad that Twin Peaks is done, but at the same time, I think that when you're watching it again with the knowledge that hey, at the very end the world dies, the electricity dies in this magical world, mm-hmm. it makes it all so much brighter because you're like this is the last time we get and that song the the shadow by Chromatics in the yeah, beginning yeah. it's like for the last time this is the last time this is all the Twin Peaks we are getting I know that for a fact yeah. So that's my interpretation of the ending. I don't necessarily know. Can't explain everything, but that's.
1: I don't want to explain everything either. Yeah, That is, I don't, yeah. I just enjoy it. I enjoy every time I watch it where I have new little theories or new things become clear to me. And I don't want to ever run out of that.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, man, the the final episode, it begins with Mike asking, is it past or is it future? Uh Uh-huh. And I just got chills the first time that that happened. I'm like, wow, we've gone through so much. And I, that, that question has taken on so much meaning mm-hmm. and you don't know, you don't know if it's past or, or future. Yep. Uh, and then you get to the end and, and Dale Cooper asks, what year is this? The final episode, the final moments of Twin Peaks, the return is one of the most haunting things, even it if is. I can explain it. It will haunt me. But that's the
1: thing is, even when I didn't know what was happening the first time I saw it, like I told you, it deeply affected me, and it was terrifying. And the the most terrifying part was that I didn't know why it was terrifying. And that's why I think you know David Lynch is as acclaimed as he is is because he can pull emotions out of you, and you don't know why, and that feeling of violation where you don't know why you're feeling the feelings that you're feeling makes you feel them even harder yeah yeah uh so yeah twin peaks uh, return it's it's i assume behind. if you've
0: listened to all of this you've already seen it yes but, you
1: know um it's great would you okay uh shall i spring upon you my surprise sure
0: please do i forgot all about that Until so now.
1: i'm sending you right now I've written down three Gordon Cole quotes. What I want us to do is I want all three. I sent it to you on your phone. What I want us to do is we each say these lines in our best David Lynch impression. And we're going to have people vote. And whoever (laughs) has the better David Lynch impression has to pick a shitty movie for the other person to watch. I will Dude. I'll tell you I haven't practiced. I haven't practiced. Neither have I. I'll be honest um, with you. I wanted to, but I thought, "Nope, I'm going to give this a fair shot."
0: So another really great uh David Lynch line, uh, not necessarily quintessential David Lynch, but uh uh-huh. when uh I think it's a, it doesn't matter what episode, but um oh, David Lynch, Gordon Cole fails to shoot uh Diane the Tolpa. Yep. And Albert says, you've gone soft. And then David Lynch says, not where it counts, buddy.
1: (laughs) Uh, Can I just say that the greatest, one of the funniest lines in Twin Peaks, it's not even a line. It's just, it's the most memeable moment. And that's Gordon Cole saying, what the hell? (laughs) The memes I have seen from that scene alone. Amazing.
0: Hmm. All right, so how, how are we beginning this? Well, the,
1: okay, well, I went in order of length. Okay. Um, the first line is from The Return. The next two are uh, from the original series. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I wanted to pick more lines from The Return, but I feel like a lot of what Gordon Cole does is are, are so small that they're not exactly lines, more so reactions. Um, mm-hmm. So the first one... Uh, who want, Do you want me to go first? I would like you to go first. Yes. Okay, so now you know. All right. Uh, so for the first one from The Return when uh, Matthew Lillard is murdered by some sort of entity. Well, he's dead. Oh, I've already
0: lost. <laughs> oh, you ready? Yes. Let me take another sip of beer. Okay.
1: <laughs> well he's dead <laughs> that's pretty good alright the second one is when uh, he orders some food from the R&R diner wait what is it called yeah it's called the R&R yeah, diner right R&R. Yeah. in season end of season one I think he orders like a cherry pie and something and then Shelly asks anything else he says and a glass of water sweetheart my socks are on fire
0: Mm. 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 (laughs) how how does one begin and a glass of water sweetheart my socks are on fire
1: (laughs) and the third line is from season two when bobby walks in on gordon cole talking to shelly and he asks what the hell is going on and he replies and i quote You're witnessing a front three-quarters view of two adults sharing a tender moment. (coughs) You
0: are witnessing a front three-quarters view of... No, this is going too much into like a southern accent. Jesus Christ.
1: All right, I'll give you a chance to restart. This was just sprung upon you.
0: You are witnessing a front... No. I can't do (laughs) it. I can't do it for more than like... You are wit- no. You okay you 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 are witnessing You are witnessing a front three quarters view of two adults sharing a tender moment.
1: <laughs> God.
0: I can see the peaks in my microphone there.
1: Yeah, oh it's not gonna be fun. Uh so yeah, uh vote on who had the better David Lynch impression and uh, I'll
0: probably cut this segment out and put it specifically just on Instagram. That's fine. Make a video of it. That's fine. so people don't me tell you if thing. you
1: lose, I have hell for you. And I'm not going to tell you until that happens. You know,
0: I don't think you have hell for me. I, I Oh, I do. Listen, Chandler. I was going to suggest that uh, eventually we should have a day where we watch uh, one or two Hallmark movies and uh, just shit on them.
1: Oh, I've seen Hallmark movies. This, well, I have, Oh, don't you worry. It'll be worse. Oh, good. I've seen.
0: I've she- I've seen terrible stuff.
1: I know, but, but uh, you'll never see something insultingly bad as this. But, anyways. Oh, okay. So yeah, well, that is. Uh, is it Gooby? No, we are all watching Gooby together. No, this is true. Um. Uh. uh yeah. All right. Do you have anything else well, to say? This is Been peaks, a very lengthy were, discussion, yeah. but you Twin
0: Peaks: The to. Return. It's essentially just a, an episode about Twin Peaks: The Return.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you just want to like record the other part That's next great. week?
0: No, let's just, just get it
1: done. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Twin Peaks: The Return, five out of five. It's my favorite thing Dave Lynch has ever done, and if I feel as strongly as I did the first time watching it, when I watch it the second time, the this month, I might just go ahead and make my first tattoo a Twin Peaks tattoo.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Mm. No. Now that I say this. Maybe we should wait till next week. If that's okay with you. That's fine. Okay. It. This is a long episode it's as it is. It's a long
1: episode, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. The Twin Peaks episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're in no rush to finish this list.
0: No, but I... We're doing... So next week on the Split Take Podcast, we're going to be doing A Matter of Life and Death the
1: The second Powell and Pressburger movie. Yes.
0: The two shorts, An Andalusian Dog and A Day in the Country. And then the just director shorts. Different just, shorts from just, famous directors. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good slate for next time. It's a little it's heavy, but I not too much.
1: It won't be as heavy as this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Alright,
0: so we will wait. Yep. This was this was a good in-depth conversation.
1: I would be remiss if we didn't give Twin Peaks the full discussion it warranted, and I feel as if we adequately did it. Ooh,
0: yes, we're. I'm surprised we we talked this long.
1: The, that's the thing is that we've talked this long, and I still think we haven't even come close to talking about everything. But that's the beauty so of Twin much. Peaks; it is so dense and so entertaining and so heartwarming and evil and funny. Ugh.
0: I'm going to say this, that I recommend Twin Peaks The Return so much. And along with that is essentially a recommendation for the entirety of Twin Peaks. It's true. Because I think th- it is It is required viewing, that you watch the Yes. first season of Twin Peaks all the way through, The second season, there's a few episodes you can skip um, and watch Firewalk with me. Get into the world. Experience Dale Cooper. It's just lighthearted and fun, but it's terrifying at some points. But you need that experience before you get to the return, which is one of just the greatest things I've ever seen.
1: It is. Um, Yeah, I think a a huge turn off to people when they're suggested this is just the sheer amount of viewing that goes into it and i'll admit i was turned off at first i can guarantee you if you get through it all you will not regret it it's twin peaks there's a reason it has the reputation it does
0: yeah yeah believe the hype i look forward to whatever david lynch does next
1: same